This is the new TC Pride Podcast, episode 87, on location at Pride 2017 with special guests Barry, Amanda, and Sandra from Pride Winnipeg. TC Pride Podcast, we are on location at the 2017 Pride Festival, and I am here with Barry, Amanda, Sandra, and you all are from Winnipeg. So, uh, so what brought you down to the festival this year? This year, as we sit on our board for Pride Winnipeg, we came down to celebrate Pride because we work ours. Yes, how's the festival going so far? Uh, it's pretty awesome. There's a lot of people, good turnout. It's a lot to see, a lot to do. <laughs> how's your trip been so far? It's been fantastic. So we we're, were talking before we started recording, and you were saying uh, uh, Winnipeg Pride's a little bit, the Prides in Canada are a little bit different than ours. Yeah, they are a little bit different. Um, one thing we did this year was we actually did the rapid testing for the first time ever. How, how long have you each been involved with your own festival? I've been there for just about four years now. And, and what do you what do you do with the uh, organization? I'm the safety and accessibility director. And what's what's all involved with that? So I oversee all of the security, the first aid. Um, so basically, anything goes wrong, then I'm here to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And what what about the accessibility part? Uh, well, this year we had ASL, uh, American Sign Language, all year, um, all year. Sorry. <laughs> um, so all of our events, uh, it's looking into getting you know accessible washrooms available and making sure everything's spaced out properly. It's a lot going on. <laughs> and what was your uh, role in the organization again? I'm the volunteer director, but it's um it's a team it's a team job. We all work really hard at getting the volunteers together. Awesome. So how, how many volunteers are involved in, in yours? I know we got like four or five hundred, so we got a huge amount. How many are involved uh, in, in uh, pulling off your pride? In my database, there's 300 active volunteers. I think this year, about 160, 175. So our entire Pride Winnipeg board of directors is a completely 100% volunteer run. So there's a group of about 38 of us, as far as board directors, coordinators, and managers that pull for the entire year, work together to successfully pull off our parade, our rally, our festival in in its entirety. And we also, this year, had our 30th anniversary. So it was definitely a huge milestone for us. We had the ability to uh, have our parade down our main street on Portage Avenue, which is something that normally our Santa Claus parade is the only thing that gets to the ability to go down there. So it was a lot of different things. And our pride is definitely on a scale. Ours is a lot smaller than Twin Cities pride. But definitely we love coming down here because we get different ideas on how we can improve our pride by seeing different things, especially some of the American prides. So, so it's Manitoba is the... What do we call them up there again? Province. Province. <laughs> so, Man so Manitoba is the province. You said, so Manitoba actually has a, a few uh, festivals now, right? Yeah. So over the last couple of years, we've actually seen there's Thompson Pride, Brandon Pride, Portage La Prairie Pride, Steinbach Pride, and now this year, Flin Flon Manitoba is actually going to do their very first ever Pride as well. So it's really nice to see and something that we make sure with Pride Winnipeg is that if any of these Prides are starting up, if they need any help, uh, whether it's sponsors or getting themselves set up and all that kind of stuff, our board works with them to help them in any which way possible because we've been around for 30 years. We know the ins and the outs and that type of stuff. So like in, in Minneapolis, we've got like a huge um, amount of support from like the corporate sort of like entities and from a lot of other sort of like um, community minded nonprofits that aren't necessarily LGBTQ, but uh, what are some other ways that, that you're kind of trying to build sort of inclusion in, in, uh, in the community up there? So this year for inclusion, we've actually been meeting, we've been having community consults with different uh, community partners throughout the year and we're going to continue working with that to make Pride more inclusive. Something we didn't realize sitting on the board is not everybody felt that Pride was for them. So we said, well, how can we make sure that Pride is right for you? So we've been doing these community groups and we actually have another one in July when we come back and throughout the fall and the winter to really build 
with all those other groups so that everybody understands. So for the last 30 years, the L and the G has been really well represented and it's the rest, so the BTTQ that needs to get to that same level as we are. So, so speaking of inclusion, right, so a big part of what you're doing is for uh, like accessibility, right, is, is uh, working towards accessibility for, for different groups of, of individuals. Uh, what, what are some ways that you're working towards inclusion um, in, in your uh, organization right now? Well, as, as, we, as Amanda was saying, um, having paths available for wheelchairs, making sure wheelchair re rentals are there, having ASL at all of our events. Uh, we need to work with, um, say, our, our CNIB, the Canadian National Institute for the Blind, to see how we can make our festival more accessible for people who have issues with vision, who are legally blind. So that'll be something that we'll be looking forward to, to working on as well. So you know what I just realized, so like in America, we have the American Disabilities Act, right? So what, what kind of laws um, in Canada are there that are, that are, are the laws different up there? Is, do, they, do they help with inclusion or? There's not really a law. It's more each organization works with different groups to see what we can do. Um, for ASL, we've been doing ASL for probably the last four or five years. But something we did this year was made sure ASL was at all of our events. And we actually reached out to all of our community sponsors that were doing community events and asked them, are you going to have ASL? Is your space wheelchair acceptable? Or is there going to be, do you have full accessibility? And we've actually made sure, so after sitting down with a couple of the accessibility groups, that even our posters let everybody know what accessibility is going to be at that event. So something we would have never thought of, but after meeting with these different people, we've understood, you know what, we have to have those different things because some people will look at a poster and say, okay, is it for visually impaired? Is it for the hearing impaired? Anything like that. And we try to make sure that everybody goes to these events knowing exactly if they would be able to get in, if there's any accessibility issues. And we also let people know, uh, Amanda took care of this this year with safety and accessibility both was, she actually had ASL interpreters walking the actual festival. So if somebody needed to talk to somebody or if somebody didn't quite understand what was going on or something like that, we actually had ASL shirts printed. So we had four or five interpreters walking the entire site for the weekend. That's an awesome idea. That's a really awesome idea. That was your idea? <laughs> um, so what are, what are some, so are there volunteers, a lot of, a lot of them, right? The ASL, they're all like volunteers? Uh, we, we actually pay them, but um, next year we're looking into getting some of the local colleges to see if they would want to do like a like an honorarium kind of deal so that they can get their practice in and then see what we can do about that. And so down here, uh, the community's really been uh, working towards a lot of inclusion with the sports community. So, and you said that you've got some sports teams in your area that have helped you out quite a bit. We do. Um, our local football team in the CFL is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. There's, I can't remember the name of the league that they're in, but the, the younger the younger team is the Winnipeg Rifles. Ten days before Pride Festival, I received a phone call from someone on their board asking us if we needed help. And, sure. And he said, well, we've got, we'll have between 20 and 40 guys who are signing new to the team. Part of their commitment to the Winnipeg Rifles is community service. So they said, how can we help? So we came up with, they came to help tear down. So Sunday night at 7.30, we had 20 young men and the coach and the board member, they came down and they had us torn down in two hours. Um, usually... Yeah, we were talking to Barry a little before we started recording. Why is it such a mad dash to, to get everything torn down? We, there's a kids fest that starts on Monday and we share the site. We have to be off site by 10 a.m. Monday morning. So a lot of times like we're running, we're running until midnight. Our drivers are taking things and running until four in the morning and then back on site at eight o'clock to do the final cleanup. And because 
where we have our festival at the Forks and it's a heritage site or historic site. So it has to be immaculate. It we keep it so clean at the end that last year we shop vacked. Uh, this year we actually got one of those lawnmowers that suck everything up. Shop vac the grass. We shop vac the grass. Yeah, like that's how clean we keep it. And this year we improved on it and got like this big lawnmower sucker thing. I don't know, lawn vacuum. <laughs> Sorry. And that's the technical term for it. Right? Yeah, and we yeah, and we just like we leave the place immaculate. Yeah. Awesome. We, we talk about build, doing our pride. We talk about it's like building a small city in a couple of days and tearing it down in one. You don't even have a, you don't even have a whole day to no, tear it down. No, we have uh, 14 hours. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You were you were telling me this so before we started recording here too. So I was like, we had to shout out the, those guys that helped you out. Yeah, the Winnipeg Rifles football team. We thank you. Um, we are. They made me cry. They. I was. I was beyond words, and I'm not often without words. And and you were telling me that that. Uh, that your that your festival is actually working towards like um, making sure you're taking care of the environment, sustainability, that kind of thing as well, right? Yeah. So we actually created a new role this year for an environmental sustainability coordinator. So he worked very closely with us for things like our golf carts were all electric versus gas. Um, he actually worked with Take Pride Winnipeg, which is one of our downtown businesses. And they actually do what's called a portable ashtray. So it's a little pocket ashtray that you can put in your pocket. It's like a little tinfoil cup a pouch they're absolutely amazing so that you're not putting your cigarette butts on the ground so that type of stuff and then for the first time ever pride winnipeg did composting we've always done recycling but this year we actually had i think it, in total there was seven or eight bins of recycling that left the site and only one bin of garbage so and then composting alone we had a composting team that was literally going through the different garbages and pulling out compost and all that type of stuff as well so it's having sean and having that role there was just an idea of somebody, people in the community have always asked, how is your carbon footprint? What are you doing to make sure that you're leaving as little of a footprint as possible? And we sat down and said, you know what, you're right, we should be looking into this. And we looked into it and this year, Sean and his team did an absolutely amazing job and Sandra with volunteers, she found the perfect volunteers to go work with Sean so that we had a very clean event. So as far as volunteers go, what are some of the challenges to managing that many people like at a huge festival like that? Well, this is my first year as volunteer director. So yeah, I was coordinator last year. Co coordinator? Uh, volunteer coordinator last year. And now I'm the director. Silly, silly board. Um, it's, we hit a crunch about three weeks before the festival that we needed people. And like the people who had been registered, we there's uh, there's reasons, but so we put a call out to the media, and I went from having 127 people in my database to having over 300, because when you ask Winnipeg for help, Winnipeg steps up, and we I, I had reached a point by a couple days before the festival that it was just. I don't know where to put these people. We have so many people and we don't want to turn anyone away and everybody wants to come and volunteer and have fun. And so we just found spaces for people. Um, they, they tease me because my questions, and you've experienced this. Have you eaten? Have you had water? Are you wearing sunscreen? Have you had a break? Um, once, once the festival hits, that's kind of, that's what I do is that's what I do to take care of my volunteers to make sure everybody's okay. We were lucky we only had one girl go home with heat stroke this year because she wasn't wearing a hat. And we made sure, like, we, we take care of them. We make sure they get home safely. We just, they work so hard for us. And we put together, like, really nice volunteer appreciation bags. We'll be having a barbecue for them later this summer. And we're, we'll be keeping in touch through the year and just maintaining relationships and hoping, like, some of the, they're all fantastic, but there's some... 
some of this really stellar volunteers. We want to get like these would be the next generation of the board. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so, right. So it's all about just community building and, and like reinforcing those relationships. Um, speaking of which, it's kind of what you guys are doing down here, right? <laughs> so we had talked before we started recording here about uh, sort of uh, one of your incognito missions here was to kind of like quote unquote steal like some, <laughs> some of our good ideas. And But uh, you know, just well, actually just, just so you know, I'm stealing some ideas from you right now because you guys have some great ideas. So what are, uh, what, what are some what are some things that you kind of uh, noticed down here that, that we're doing right and maybe some things you'd like to implement or maybe other, you've been to other prizes before too, right? So having the ability over the last couple of years, I think, I, well, I've been coming down to TC Pride for, this will be my sixth year. So there's some major ideas we've taken. Um, one was working with one of the health clinics in Winnipeg. They actually came up with the idea of doing the rapid testing because one of the directors of their organization had actually been down here to TC Pride last year and seen it. Uh, other things we've seen down here was something like implementing golf carts, whereas we actually now have an environmental sustainability coordinator who looks after all of everything as far as composting, recycling, we actually have electric golf carts, all that type of stuff. And then just things like the two-day festival was an idea that we ran with. It used to be a one-day festival, so we ran to a two-day festival. So definitely throughout all the other prides. And then we try to give them ideas too. So Dot here as well, we've been talking on and off for the last couple of years. So she's given us ideas and back and forth. And it's just something we love being able to come down and get different ideas of something that we would have never thought up in Canada or thought of at Pride. In Winnipeg, so so cool. Uh, what else? Um, so there's gonna be a lot of people listening to this podcast. What else would you like people to know about like the community up in up in Winnipeg? And it's um, fantastic. <laughs> it's sounds like you got some great volunteers. I, I we have great volunteers. I've lived in Winnipeg almost all my life, and it's and our board is just an amazing group of people. Like like I was saying, you you ask for help, and it's there, and you know just the work that. Like I work hard, but the, like Barry and Jordan and Amanda and Jonathan and everybody on the board, like they, the hours and the amount of work that they put in to pull this off is just outstanding. Well, definitely for Manitoba, we're called Friendly Manitoba and it definitely stands true to, as far as we all believe, oh, unless we're driving, that's another story. But um, it's definitely, it's a pride in Winnipeg. It's a pride in Manitoba you don't want to miss. We're one of the largest prides that kicks off actually all the prides in Canada. So one of the very first after us is Toronto. So Toronto, uh, Regina, Regina, Saskatoon, that type of stuff. But as far as major cities go, or basically capitals of each province, we're the first one that kicks off all of Canada. So it's definitely pride that you don't want to miss. And this year, Montreal in August is actually doing Canada pride as well. And we're in Minnesota, you could throw a rock and hit. You guys flew this time, right, obviously? Oh, you drove, how, how, long, how long is the drive to get here? The drive's about a six and a half hour drive. Yeah, so not far. Six and a half for me because I don't stop. These ones took about a day because they had to go do all the shopping and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah, so that's like the opposite direction of driving to Chicago for us. So that's awesome. Yeah, so cool. Uh, so tell me about some of uh, so your board members. So you guys have a huge board. Like we don't have that as many as large of a of a board. So like tell me about some of the the members of your board, the, the people on your board. So they're all volunteers. So they've all applied for different positions. Myself, when I started with Pride Winnipeg five years ago, I started as a driver for one of our VIP cars and I moved into the logistics and transportation directorship role. Uh, all of our volunteers have a wide variety of different things and come from different backgrounds. I have, some of us have corporate backgrounds, some of us have volunteer backgrounds, uh, security backgrounds. Amanda used to work at one of our airports, well at our only airport in Winnipeg, and uh, she used to do security there. So each person brings something different to the table and really it's those 
core 10 or 15 people that are the director, the directors, our executive, and our coordinators that work year-round to make sure that Pride happens, and then we bring on the managers probably February or March. And this year, it was the largest board we've ever had. We had a group of 38 people to be able to pull off the 30th anniversary. Well, hey, thank you so much again for your time. I heard you folks are coming down, and I had to, I had to get some time with you. So uh, you're going to see me. You're going to you're going to see me in Winnipeg. I'm going to be there. So did, did we mention that it happens uh, the first weekend of June, right? First weekend in June. Uh, next year, we don't move. Yeah, next year it'll be the first weekend in June. Cool. Yeah. So, so go so go warm up for Twin Cities Pride. Go celebrate in Winnipeg. We also, um, in 2020, Canada Pride will be in Winnipeg. Oh. So come get to know the earlier Prides and then come in 2020 because it's going to be legendary. That's awesome. <laughs> we, don't, we don't do that here. We don't have like a USA Pride or something. We should. That's, that's another idea I might steal from you. <laughs> we'll get to work on it. Okay, great. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. And uh, enjoy your trip. Have a safe trip back. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. TC Pride Podcast is a production of Podletter Media and Twin Cities Pride. Subscribe now on iTunes, on Android, or by email at tcpridepodcast.org. Get above the noise by raising your voice. Podletter Media turns your email newsletter, blog, or video content into a more powerful, more personal, more intimate, on-demand listening experience. Your podcast. Your story. Your voice. Simplified. Amplified. Learn more now at podletter.com.